Hey everybody, Jim Sammons here, Kayak Fishing Show Live. I'm really excited to get back to these. Uh, this will be our first interview uh, like we used to do in the past. Um, Kayak Fishing Show Live, as always, brought to you by Ballast Point. And we're going to have a long fin logger today. Cheers, everyone. Happy Friday. Uh, well, I guess I should put up the little tag there brought to you by ballast point brewing company again this is new software for me so we may have a couple of hiccups actually about a split second before we came live my normal show mic stopped connecting so i had to jump and use a different mic real quick so uh live video always doing uh different things so um a couple of things really quick uh that i want to share with you of course this Sunday, we have the premieres of two episodes uh, on WFN at 6.30, uh, our episode in the Bahamas. And that one with Jameson Redding, uh, James Macbeth, um, Drew Ross, uh, Jen from uh, Jen Riddle from uh, Dunn Magazine. So a whole bunch of great uh, guests on that one. Uh, and then on um, the Sportsman Channel at 2.30 p.m., we are in brazil so kayak fishing for peacock bass and the amazon and all that so super cool stuff um another thing i want to announce here really quick is this one uh our live show next week and you're going to want to be involved in this one i've got jim mcgowan from ray marine is going to be joining us we're going to talk all about the new ray marine element fish finder and one lucky viewer is going to have the chance to win an element fish finder of their choice, whether it's a seven, a nine, or a 12 inch. So if you want it for your kayak or for your boat or whatever, you'll have a chance to win one of those. Uh, Ray Marine's been a great supporter of our show and we are super stoked to have them involved. Um, let me uh, switch over here and look at some uh, quick comments. Uh, Jesse says he can't wait to get a uh, blue sky. Um, yes, Jess, it is beer 30. Um, hey, Andrew, how are you? Um, Kevin, cheers, happy Friday. Ricky, when are we going to talk about putting this trip together? Uh, Ricky uh, works with a group in Pago Pago, uh, American Samoa, and we're talking to them about doing a shoot there, which I'm really excited about. So, Ricky, I sent you an email. Please reply. <laughs> uh, Jose from Spain. Hey, how are you doing, man? And Rafael from Sweden. I love the international audience. That is so cool. Um, Jesse, love the Bahamas. Went there many times as a kid. Yeah, we've been a, a couple of times. Um, we've generally had to deal with a bit of weather every time we go. But, I mean, that's the story of the kayak fishing show. Um, Harmony, how are you? Uh, I'm glad you're going to be watching the show. And uh, Steve, happy Friday to you as well. And again, cheers to you all from uh, San Diego on a drizzly, rainy day. So in these first two episodes, um, very cool. I got my good friend, um, Jameson Redding, is in both of these episodes. Um, and in one of the episodes, oh, I'm sorry, he's not in the Brazil episode. I was thinking of one that's the following week. <laughs> but Jameis is in the first couple of episodes this season. 
Uh, Jameson is with, uh, he's the brand manager of Blue Sky Boatworks, you know, part of Jack's Kayak. We have fished with Jameson a ton of times and always have a good time. So we're going to bring old Jameson up into the show. What's up? Jameson, how are you, man? I'm doing good, man. You may have, have some background noise. I got my kids downstairs. As you can see, the stairs are just right there. <laughs> so I don't want to like roll back too quick. But Yeah, don't do not do that. I know uh, you said your son was been a little bit sick, so yeah, he he's doing okay. Babysitting today, and he's doing better. Fever's down, not throwing up anymore. So. So we've got a lot of cool things we could talk about today uh, with you. Um, oh, and, and a couple of listeners today or viewers today have the opportunity. Uh, we'll randomly select a couple uh, are going to get the very cool, like this one, Orion Tumblers. And if you don't have one of these things, you need one. If you like hot coffee for hours or cold drinks for hours, they are awesome. Yes, sir. So thanks uh, for arranging that, Jameson. Um, Actually, I did it, but yeah, I'm gonna say Richard <laughs> Howard probably had something to do with it. Yeah, or Will Richardson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can actually thank Will. Will Will Richardson, my uh, videographer at times and a uh, longtime traveling companion. Uh, now working with Jackson Kayak a lot more, and he's helping us out with that. Uh, Martin, how are you, man? What's up, Martin? Hey, Jameson. Uh, again, because this is new software for me. Are you seeing the? comments when they post pop up yeah i am for sure okay are you seeing the comments before i pop them up no okay uh, again this is all all new uh, software that we're using now so uh just learning it myself um so i've got something i want to toss up here and jameson What's that we got right there? Well, that is the Angler 360 from Blue Sky Boatworks, but you took it to another level and put twin torpedoes on the back of it. And so you've been cruising around on that joker for a while now. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty sweet, man, I have to admit. Yeah, anybody who hasn't seen it, that's, that's my Blue Sky. Um, again, I do have uh, dual torpedo motors on it uh, it's awesome in a lot of respects uh, as far as uh, performance uh, power distance um, all that it's very cool yeah for sure as far as um, steering <laughs> it steers like a pig in mud yeah well and, you've got two, two motors locked in that rotor I think when it gets that much water coming over it it becomes hard to probably to turn it. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a couple of things that go on there. Um, a, you're going so fast, there's so much water that it's hard to actually move the rudder. And the other thing is, I think because the motors are behind the rudder, you're not flowing water directly over the rudder and it's just not, it, the, the boat's tracking really well. <laughs> can you it's not pretty much can locked you in. separate the controls and like, you can you can kind of separate the controls. Um, you can reverse one forward the other, and that definitely helps. Yeah, it, it still doesn't turn great, but it's still it is so much fun. Um, it, it's it's definitely. I mean, I was excited about the blue skies when we first started talking about those things coming out, and it certainly hasn't disappointed. Egoets, how are you, man? What's up, man? 
Higowitz is our good friend in Spain. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If things work out right, I'm going to um, get to fish with Egowitz in Portugal this year. So, uh, like I said, the, the coolest thing about this job is so many good friends all over the world. Uh, Dustin, what's up, Jameson? Need to get y'all over to Texas for some of those grande speckled trout and some summertime kingfish. Uh, I would love to do that because I have never actually caught a kingfish. Not oh, really? the kingfish you guys talking about anyway. I didn't know that. No. Yeah, that would be fun. The speckled trout in Texas are bigger, which I guess everything is technically bigger in Texas. At least that's the saying. Um, Diana says that that just looks like you'll fall off. Um, I'm assuming you're talking about my blue sky. No, that thing is insanely, insanely stable. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so, but anyway, Jameson, we got a bunch of things we can cover here. You were just at the kayak bass fish and national championship. You were not participating. Uh, you were working cameras and, uh, helping guys out with their E drives. Yep. Um, so we can talk about the blue sky, the E drive, the tournament itself. Uh, big congratulations to the winner. I don't know him. Uh, and also big congratulations to uh, Drew Gregory, who we do know, who was part of Jackson Kayak, who did come in second place aboard a Blue Sky. That's right. Yeah, it was a, <clears throat> it was an awesome tournament. Uh, I know we, I think we actually had a live thing together last year, right after I came back from the right. tournament. So the field was a little bit smaller, but it didn't, um, as far as like last year, I think there was like mm -hmm. 700 participants or more. And this year was like a little less than five. But they still gave a ton of money away, which was crazy impressive. Um, and the room was packed every night, um, three-day event. Uh, and just consistency was, you know, obviously what got these guys up into the money because, you know, you, you saw the guys do well one day, but, you know, to be consistent for three days is impressive. And it's five fish each day. So um, there were some big fish put up. Drew was on the blue sky and stood in the seat the entire time um, that he was fishing from it. So that's I, yeah, Drew, Drew is very good at standing. Okay, he's been standing in the kayaks forever because I tried to stand in the seat <laughs> of my blue sky. Um, I jumped off immediately. I felt like I was going to fall over. I mean, I feel super stable on the boat itself, but standing right. up that high on that kind of wobbly post on that seat, no way. Yeah, no well, way. I, so, I think, uh, <laughs> of course, Drew is not. More, I got more nimble than we are for sure. <laughs> yeah, I got a few, a little bit of height and uh, quite a bit of weight on Drew, I think. So um, let's see, there was a couple of questions here already. Uh, Nathan, uh, he's a Kickstarter supporter for the Blue Sky. He saw his video yesterday using the new E Drive. When can we expect it to be sent out? So we are very close, Nathan, on that. Um, we're like literally hopefully just a few weeks away. We're still determining the power and battery and the best setup, the ones we actually had at. So we kind of stepping back a little bit to the, one of the things we did at the championship was we brought um, Joe uh, Grez from uh, the company that manufactures the motorhead um, came to the event and brought drives and we basically gave them out to the team to kind of use during pre-fishing and then determine whether they want to use them during the tournament. All the guys did use them during the tournament and everybody was pretty happy with it. Um, we gave some feedback to him and he was able to take those back and get to work right away on any of the little 
um, things that we were, you know, seeing as we really put some miles on them because some of the guys were running, you know, three, four miles uh, wide open to their spot fishing and then having to turn around and run that back in. And I will say most of the guys that put the E-Drive on did not switch back to pedals. They were using the E-Drive for that entire week, um, which is a testament to uh, it being able to get them further um, and have more energy for fishing. So I think we're really, really close. Um, they're actually pretty much all the parts are in production now. It's just a matter of getting everything fitted, getting the kits put together and getting them out to the Kickstarter guys first. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had the chance to use a, a prototype of it uh, yeah. when we, you and I were in Louisiana and, and right. it worked really well. And it was 3D. Um, the bottom was 3D printed on that one. <laughs> so right. we've, come, we've come a little way since then. So. Yeah. But I mean, it worked great. I mean, my only issue with it was that I had to control it with my foot. Mm -hmm. um, that was the only thing that I, I mean, I would have loved to have had some kind of hand control for it. So I wasn't having to bend over. Probably not as big of an issue in a kayak where it's more right in front of you, but on the right. uh, on the blue sky having to bend over for it. But uh, yeah, like I said you literally got used to doing that and just controlling it, turning the knob with your foot. Yeah. That's exactly what a couple of the guys said. Once they got used to doing it with their foot, they actually were able to keep their hands on the reel, bottom reel more. Um, so I think that worked out pretty well. And we're definitely going to continue to look at ways to improve it as time goes on and, and hopefully all those improvements or anything we might do to that would be backwards compatible. But um, yeah, for what it is, I mean, you know, it's a good price point. Uh, it's uh, these guys on Kickstarter really got a good, great deal on it. Um, getting in early and I know it's been, you know, a while uh, getting it delivered, but uh, we're really trying to make sure it is the best it can possibly be before we put it out there. So it just makes sense. You know, sure. I'm sorry if guys have to wait a little bit longer, but wouldn't you rather wait a little bit longer and get the product that has gone through the ringer, uh, been fully tested and is right rather than sending it out too early? Because we've seen products get sent out too early. And it happens. Uh, and and problems occur that you don't even know are problems once you get several of them out in the field. But we, uh, this is luckily a motor head that's been used in other applications on small outboard um, electric motors. So it's just a matter of, you know, getting it right for our boats and the right prop and the right battery and everything, you know, so I think we're really close. And it's, like I said, everybody seemed to be really happy with that. So That's good. It's good. Um, there, there's been a couple of things that people have commented on. I've commented on, on changes that could be addressed. Um, and it looks like what I've seen, I mean, in the blue sky in general, um, it, it's still a work in progress. People, you know, you guys are still willing to make those changes that need to be made. That's right. I mean, it's just like, I think anything else, you know, you, I, you know, I think everything works well on it. I think there's some things that could be improved upon. And I think that's probably with everything. And as we, as you and I and other people have spent a lot of time on the boat, you start to say, well, I wish this was this way or that way. Um, and so getting to share those things um, and hopefully most of those changes that happen, um, if there is something that changes like in a model year change or something, that it, uh, uh, the improvements could be uh, backwards compatible as, uh, for the most part. And that's one of the goals, right? Just to, And right. also we're looking at coming out with some new um, I know people have seen me run around with the outboard motor on the back, the uh, electric torpedo motor on the back. So, we're going to have, and again, this is another one that's taken us a while to get. It seems simple, but 
um, a motor mount for the back uh, in production very, very soon. Um, so if you just have like a regular trolling motor or transom mounted type motor, um, you know, you'll be able to add that really easily. Um, and then we partnered with Torquedo um, to, uh, they actually, Torquedo and uh, Trey from uh, Innovative Sportsman developed a mount for the, the new Torquedo mount that just came out, the new uh, 403, um, so that it can actually utilize our steering. Um, so you basically replace the rudder with their motor um, and then uh, you can use the steering right at the seat um, much like the way you do yours except for it actually turns the motor and that will almost turn in place um, so that's, See, that's, that's exciting I mean as much as I like my the way mine is set up and people have said you know it's, it's pretty cool and all that and it is it's it's super fun but I did it because I had two torpedoes and I just wanted to do something fun um, if I was going into this and was going to buy something for it, I would definitely go with the single and set it up so it works with the steering. Yeah, one of the things I've done is I've got the thousand watt motor, um, which is the tiller drive motor, but they you can get that pylon or even take that pylon out of that motor and set it up um, on the mount. And I think there'll be some things coming out in the near future that you could utilize that thousand watt motor. The 403, which is, you have two of them on your boat, but I'm able to go roughly five miles per hour with just one of those. But with the thousand watt motor, I can get six, almost six and a half. Um, yeah, average is about six, four at full speed. So it's. I get, I get six, I get six, four. With, with both. The duels. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, same thing. You've got two 500 watt motors, but um you can do that with 1000 watt motor you're going to get about the same speed so is what you're getting um so it's it's a it's and it's such a versatile platform there's a lot of other things that we can come out with and do and i know you were talking about drew standing in the seat i haven't done that but when we were in louisiana i definitely stood on the cooler and was able to get a little higher advantage point. oh no you had a huge advantage when we were in louisiana yeah. just that i mean you were two and a half feet whatever two feet higher than i was yeah. Um, and you were seeing fish way, I mean, you had the advantage that you're used to looking for redfish to begin with, but you also had that higher vantage point. Yeah, and uh, it is tricky. It is tricky because I know when I first started going red fishing with someone in a boat and we were at the same height level, they would see fish that I would swear they were crazy until I saw it swim off. Of course, they're ready to wring my neck because I didn't cast at the fish that they pointed out, but you know, <laughs> you just don't know what to look for and you learn. But yeah, having that. I mean, just increasing by like a foot, foot and a half, two feet, you're able to increase the distance away from the boat that you can see those fish. So um, it's definitely an advantage. Um, and, it, and Drew said it was an advantage for him to be able to get up high like that and see the beds um, and stuff and be able to cast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, well, for the bass, I'm sure. Yep. I'm sure. Uh, let's see. we got Don Field says he's enjoying a ballast point. Fathom IPA. Don, it's been a minute. Uh, <laughs> Cheers, Cheer, Don. <laughs> Um, Jesse says he's going to need an Orion cooler for the back porch so his kiddos can sit on it and fish with him. <laughs> um, yeah, the Orion coolers are great. I, I'm actually, I've got one coming um, for mine that's actually going to be the same color. It's going to be that sea foam. Uh, so that's going to look pretty cool. Also, I think uh, with the kids, the uh, the seat back that attaches to the Orion, I think would be a really nice addition as well. Come here, Frank. 
Yeah, my kids are yelling, so I had the mic turned off for a second. Oh, <laughs> yeah. um, no, talking about the, the the seat back that attaches to the Orion cooler. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for I sure. Think if you're uh, taking your kid out there, that's a great way to do it. I've seen some people do that, and uh, uh, we've even looked at um, some blank slate versions. I don't know what will come of it, but with using an Orion cooler and the seat back as the basic seat on the platform. Um, so you could even pull the seat that's on there off if you wanted to do something like that with a, say a tiller mo motor. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, you can't beat that too, cause you can take it off the boat. And then of course you got a cooler with a seat back wherever. Um, the other thing I saw was really cool and I can't remember, um, where they bought it at, but, uh, someone had bought a small like kid's chair and just basically set it on the back and it fit perfect. And they just, I, I did see that down. someone had that. It was one of the girls on the team. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They had that and, and it was able to take their kids out. Cause I mean, I, I mean, you, you guys have had two uh, grown men on that thing when you guys are uh, out there. I know Paul yeah. and, and uh, you maybe were on there together or Sean, I can't remember. It was Sean and Paul Leibowitz who are both yeah. big guys. Yeah. yeah. And, so I mean, carries the weight no problem. Taking a kid is no problem whatsoever. So. Uh, Jesse has uh, another question. When I tested it last week, the only thing I noticed is the back of the seat slid on me, even though I had it tight. Anything I can do to keep this from happening? <clears throat> so mine did the same thing, and I'm, we're hearing that a lot. So that is one of the improvements that we are working on making is to kind of have that to where it will not do that. Uh, I will say that it almost, I don't know if you call it breaking in, but it's almost like the rubber becomes less slick. Um, and eventually I was able to get mine to stop doing it. And that's what a couple of the other guys have said. Um, so I think if you just, I mean, torque the crap out of it and, and uh, it'll, it'll stay for you. Um, but look, look for an improvement on that, that you'd be able to maybe swap some parts out for in the future, for sure. You know what I'd love to see on that in that part would be uh, top loading track. Yeah, that's one of the things I push for because I know you and I both um, have. I've mounted cup holders there. Uh, I've mounted um, the throttle uh, for my torpedo there. So right. even mount, you know, uh, uh, I, I know EJ actually had a, his Ray Marine mounted there at one point, um, right on the seat. So uh, it would be a lot easier to access. Right now, you have to like pull a bolt out. Which isn't super hard, but you can't really do that when you're like on the water. You just have to right, right. Up and move on but yeah a, a way to get something in there would be great and then having a way to kind of lock that seat in is definitely a couple of things we've talked about yeah like i said there's there's always there's you know whenever there's a new product there's always going to be little things but um there's not a lot of them like i said it's such a fun boat to fish off of um and and we've had it offshore did you see that video i saw a guy posted a video about him actually punching through the surf I hadn't seen that yet, but I, I, I need to find that because I, I think it was on the blue sky um, boat owners page group. Yep. Uh, I think it was on there. And I mean, he punches through some, some waves. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it, and it, it, isn't it really the holes as much as that front porch, you know, if the holes punch, then that front porch can take waves over it. And I've only seen that like a big bow weight or boat weight. Um, and basically I was like motoring and that thing came and I let off. And of course the front kind of dove down as I let off and, um water came across now nothing happened it just like got water on top of it for a minute and the water went right back away so i really think i mean the platform will handle you know it's more of being able to get um your propulsion through the through the waves right. is what, you know, like in a kayak you immediately have that paddle 
in your hands and you can, you know, punch through the waves like that. But I know with like pedal drives and things, you know, you've got to be able to deploy that pedal drive and start making progression to keep that bow pointed into the wave. And I think as long as you're not turning sideways, you know, you're really going to be able to push through, um, you know, way a decent way without having too much trouble. Right. Well, look at that video. I mean, the guy, the guy did pretty good. And there was actually a point where he's like, oh, no, because he, he mistimed it. And uh, the water just seemed to wash right over it. It did really well. Yeah. So, I mean, I was pretty impressed. It made me feel a lot better because I have not launched it through the surf yet. I've had it offshore, but I haven't actually launched it through the surf. Yeah. And um, I was really kind of curious about that. Blake Rutherford showing up late. How do you think the blue sky would do for near shore sight fishing, cobia, tarpon, et cetera? I think as long as you could get, again, what we were just talking about, if you can get it through the, the breakers, um, safely and once you're past that it's going to handle chop and it's going to handle things like that with no problem it's just a matter of like you know it's a big platform and i don't know i haven't personally done it um but if you got it sideways i could imagine that you know it's a lot of boat to to deal with if it was yeah yeah on a big yeah your, your your launches and your landings um yeah. you know are going to be the question but just like anything else I mean, guys are taking those pro angler to the surf uh, yeah. and adventure islands through the surf. Yeah, I think, um, uh, yeah, you could, if adventure island, you know, I think it's just going to be the, your skill level of being able to get it through. And again, trying to get it under power, um, whether it's pedals or even like the E-Drive or something quick enough to punch through. Because I don't think you will be able to, um, in that situation when you really need quick uh, forward progression, I don't know if you'll be able to paddle it um fast enough to really punch through so but again with the flex drive and i did this in the um kusas uh the kusa fds you know coming in or going out typically in a pedal drive i would pull my paddle out but with these things because it's so easy to deploy and and even coming in you're not, not really too worried about it because once you hit the beach it just folds up right you can just keep pedaling um pretty much the whole way um, the only issue I had on those boats was if I was coming in and the wave lifted my stern um, or passed the stern and lifted that rudder out of the water, then you lose like all steering capability without that paddle in your hand. Yeah. Keep um, your paddle in your hand. Right, so. <laughs> keep your paddle in your hand for sure. Uh, hey, work. How you doing, man? Um, Brandon, <laughs> Brandon Barton, how does Jameson get that beard to look so good? Well, it's I think actually, that beard looks a little scraggly, needs pretty, a little trim, brother. It's pretty rough right now. <laughs> but typically, uh, well, you blow dry it for one, Brandon. Um, so, uh, yeah, the daily blow dry. And product. Well, you know, I don't use a lot unless we're going out. If we're going out. I should have doctored it up a little bit for the show. But, yeah, I've got some conditioner. That I That's put in all right. Bit. I don't have to kiss you. <laughs> Surprised anyone does at this point, but my wife seems uh, to like it. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Fowler, need a cooler here to keep stuff from freezing. <laughs> I take it you're someplace cold, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the opposite of what most people use them for, but yeah. Uh, let's see. Roy Stewart says, I have the kid's chair. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. You might be able um, to post a, a, a link or something up in the comments then, Royce. Uh, for yeah. That's wondering. yeah if you got a picture of it somewhere my dog sits in the kid's chair too <laughs> i you know I've, been the, I, I've got four dogs but uh and haven't had them out yet i'm sure my golden would be like spending most of his time jumping in the water rather than being on the boat but um it seems like it'd be a really cool uh 
boat for your dogs as well. Yeah, it's easier for them to get back in. I've actually saw some people do that quite a bit, and it's low enough to the water that they're able to climb on and off of it pretty easy. So, yeah, and if you have to drag them up, like you said, it's not that high. Yeah. Uh, Reginald, how you doing, man? Uh, Mitch, how are you? Um, Michael Garrow, how do the Orion coolers compare to the Yetis or Arctic? I'll let you answer that one. I've got them. I've got several of them. Um, yeah. Um, but, uh, I, you know, they're all, at this point, really, really good coolers. Um, I can't say really anything negative about – I don't know a lot about Arctic, but I, I think they pretty much have uh, modeled everything uh, that they have right after Yeti. And Yeti's going to hold ice for a very long time. Um the key to any of these coolers is the pre-chill. And I know, Jim, you know about that. But basically, icing it down or even if you have access to a walk-in freezer, which not most people probably don't. Um, but if there's a way to get it cold before you put um, your stuff in it, and then if your stuff is cold, you can really maximize the amount of time. I think the advantages that we have, um, we do have more insulation. So we have been uh, tested to hold ice a bit longer in the same conditions. Uh, when you're really comparing when both have been pre-chilled and you know the same amount of ice and that kind of thing uh so we hold ice pretty well uh but the features of the orion i think are what sets it apart and that's the four corners being tie down lock points and bottle openers um having the gear track on the side so it's easy to add that seat back or rod holders and you know when we were fishing in louisiana i had my rod holder uh, mounted to the side of the cooler, which made it easy for me to be able to grab my rod and transition from paddle um, to my rod really quickly. Uh, you can put cup holders. There's like side tables and and uh, little mini bar setups. There's a cart. There's just a ton of different accessories that I think really set it apart. So it can become more than just something to keep uh, beer cold <laughs> or <laughs> or food cold for a long time. It can it can um, you know, become a real a tool, and and I use it on my skiff. Um, I got one on my skiff, and I move it from the seat position to a standing platform, and I've got the tie down points, and I actually put some Yakutek, um gear tracks on the side on each side of my cooler on the bow of my skiff, so that I could strap it down. So being able to do that and just move it around and have rod holders mounted to it and cup holders mounted to it, it's just it becomes like something I can't really live without on a daily, daily basis. No, no. I mean, I, I use one on our boat um, and it's the perfect size. Uh, and then I have one that I always have in my sprinter um, because, you know, if my wife and I are going to the grocery store or going to Costco or whatever, I can put, you know, stuff in there and they're just, you know, we can load it up and then uh, stop for lunch or whatever. And, you know, it's still going to be still going to be cold there. I mean, for sure. They, they they work really well. I mean, they're expensive for a cooler. Um, you know, you got to justify it. But uh, like I said, particularly for, for like you're talking about, you know, having as a standing platform, mm -hmm. it's not like putting an igloo up there. No, they're, I, they're so solid. Someone asked me at uh, an event last year how strong it really was. So I parked my truck on top of it. Um, and I'm still using that same cooler. So, <laughs> oh well, uh, it, here's one. I mean, my um, our our boat, uh, my driveway is at an angle, so I have to jack the boat way up uh, 
if we're going to be around any kind of rainy time so water will flow off the back of the boat otherwise it just pools in it mm -hmm. and to do that i have to kind of lift it in stages and put blocks and all this underneath and i use my cooler i put the entire weight of that boat on that trailer on that um cooler yeah so then i can lift it up i mean they're just they're just super super solid oh yeah you know, an igloo would collapse yeah and again all those like the coolers you mentioned are great like i said i think those features are what sets us apart and then the one thing i forgot to mention which is pretty obvious the colors like come on no one else has these colors <laughs> oh that's very true they are available in a lot of patterns and they definitely look cooler than yeah. your straight up white cooler <laughs> right um where there was a couple here uh reginald uh these be great at cedros or for those long range skip trips i think they'd be awesome at cedros i don't know that you'd be able to take one on a skip trip they're just so big um it would be hard to, to take one on a on a, a boat because it is four feet wide yeah. Um, it's it's going to be bigger than any of the other kayaks that might be on a mothership type trip. Yeah, you have to break it down. Unless he's talking about the coolers, in which case they would be awesome at both places. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and they're certified bear-proof. Yeah. Uh, I actually watched a video today that Damon had put out. Uh, you probably shot it. <laughs> no, <laughs> talking it was the about bear. the bear-proofness on the cooler. Yeah, actually, I think Will shot that one, uh, believe. But yeah, the oh, okay. actual the the bear tech stuff um, is actually filmed by that organization, or that. So they've got these, like I think they're like problem bears that have been, you know, kind of removed from society, if you will, <laughs> because they're that's what they do. They attack people's coolers, and and so they've given them a place that they can live. Um, but one of the things is that it becomes the testing facility. Um, so they basically put fish or something inside the cooler and then tell the bears to have at it. And if they can break into it within an hour or so, um, or I don't know how many hours it is, then it doesn't pass. And that video, I'm sure Damon went over that, but it's more than just, hey, my cooler's tough. It's, it's more about kind of uh, deterring the bears um, from trying to, you know, integrate into the population. So it's like really more to keep them. I think it's a conserv conservancy thing to keep the bears. Yeah. That's, getting a, that's used what to he was saying in that video. It was pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah. And so uh, it's not about just protecting your food or whatever else. It's just keeping right. the interactions with humans and bears to a minimum. Therefore right. they won't have to have putting down problem bears or anything else. Mm -hmm. it's, They'll it's stop to, thinking it's an easy meal if they can't get into anything. And a lot of places require that you have to have a certified um, bear proof box or cooler to keep your food in. So, so we got uh, Serge from uh, Ottawa. Uh, is it still freezing up in Ottawa right now? <laughs> um, Royce, are the sale kits available? So that is something that we are um, still playing around with. Uh, it wasn't ever really an initial intention for it to be, but then it was like kind of after the fact, we were like, oh, this thing might could have a sale kit for it. Um, so there's not one that just exists out there that has worked uh, right out of the box. So we've had to really play around with different sales and try to figure out, you know, what works best. And we're still kind of in that phase and, you know, we'll think we're kind of there and then we'll discover something else. So it's a lot of playing around. Um, hopefully that will become a thing sometime in the future, but 
Uh, what about right the uh, what about the Bimini? Is that uh... Bimini? Yeah, that's a that's going to come out very soon. Um, so we're actually we've got orders put in place for those. Obviously, we're not uh, you know we make plastic boats, so um, we're, we've got that being um, sewn and made, and the frames being fabricated to fit the the boat. And hopefully, we'll have those very soon. What about the party boat, the tri hull? That, that one rocking? too. That was another one. The frame uh, on that one. You know, we had to play around with some different options on how to uh, basically make it, uh, I say, strong enough when, once you put it that wide and put two people on it. The prototypes we had seemed to work great. Yeah, I imagine it'd be a little bit of flex this way. Right, there was. And so, um, and the other thing was trying to also utilize the frames that we have now. Uh, and so that, you know, we could get it to market and, and we know that they're strong. So, it was a matter of developing a way to connect them together in the best way possible. And we kind of came to the, went to the drawing board, if you will, a couple of times where we thought we had it and then we discovered we could do it better. Um, so again, it's just one of those things where trying to come out with the best product first, so we don't have to go backwards and change things. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> Mitch, I love my 360, but haven't got it out of the ice. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't remember it, it. One of the guys posted a picture of his uh, Angler 360, like in his house. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wow, honey, look, I had to move the bed. Yeah. Well, you could probably like drill a hole and then open the little compartment where the drive goes and just <laughs> fish through the ice. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, the bearded fishing crew. <laughs> Looks yeah, like in his picture, he's I, got a bit of a beard there. I, I had one before it was cool, right? <laughs> uh, I've just got that. Um, Mitch has a, a good question. Do you use a SUP paddle on your 360? That's what I use. I use yeah. a, a, but um, you need a long one because the boat is so wide again. And uh, you, when we were in Louisiana, I mean, you did your, your actual kayak paddle was longer than my sup paddle right and that's which why it worked I, out okay for when you were standing on that cooler so exactly um if you're just standing on the platform i think a longer sup paddle is is plenty um but when i move up to the cooler i found myself really having to reach down to get to the water um so i actually had uh, a paddle that would extend out i think it's it goes out to like 255 or something like that um, so that, and you could even get 260 um, kayak paddles, which are going to be quite a bit longer than your longest sup paddle. So, if you're looking to stand on the cooler, then you may want to look at, you know, just a longer kayak paddle, which will work fine for that. But if you're not, if you're just going to be standing on a platform, the sup paddle moves the thing really well, especially once you get to a place and you want to stand up and sight fish or or just kind of move uh, slowly. Uh, Drew actually had a bow mounted trolling motor um, on his with foot control and the remote control and, you know, spot lock and I mean everything. And uh, he was really liking that as well. So there's a lot of uh, different ways to. to yeah. There, there's, there's so many rigging options. I mean, I've got mine all rigged. People can look on the page. I've got several videos up. I actually did an entire walkthrough video and got home and realized that the battery in my mic had died. So I got nothing. So now I have <laughs> you to reshoot. subtitles at the bottom. Yeah, I'm just I'm going to have to reshoot the whole thing. But uh, there's a lot of different ways to rig it as far as how you can put your electronics. I've seen guys who put their fish finder up 
on the gear track next to the pedals. I have That's mine. where I actually put mine as well up there. Yeah, I put mine up um, on uh, a lock and load um, fish finder mount from Yak Attack, mm -hmm. and it's on that railing on the side, so it's right next to my seat. I can reach down and hit it, and um, so that makes it really uh, convenient. Still got to figure out how maybe I can put a bait tank on it. Uh, probably, if, you know, if I would put that in front or back and then the cooler in front and back, you know, just kind of depending. So there's a lot of different rigging options on them that uh, make them fun. Um, like I said, one of the coolest things for me, the very first time we used that boat, uh, Sean White was actually the first one on it. And I'm sitting there watching. I was actually on the camera boat. And he casts and then he swivels and casts. And he swivels and casts. It's like, you know, when you're used to being in a kayak and having to do the old backhand sideways cast or turn the boat around or anything, it's like, yep. oh yeah, you immediately get it. You get why it's so cool. Yeah, and that's and that's the biggest thing. You know, I tell people even from a filming standpoint, because you know, obviously I'm a fisherman, but I do a lot of filming as well. And it's the same thing when you're trying to get a picture or a video of someone and they're behind you, and then. You know, you've got to like take the paddle in one hand and move the boat like this and then pick the camera up and the boat's turning and then you're like trying to stay with the person. So now you can just move. It doesn't matter which way the boat's positioned. Yeah, you can follow someone with a camera and just pivot your seat. It's it like it's just it's such a fun platform. Um, Sean Russell, how you doing, man? Uh, thanks for joining going? us here. Uh, Alex has a good question. And, you know, quite honestly, this is kind of. A no-brainer but yes can you throw a cast net from it or a yeah cast net from it um if you know how <laughs> i, <laughs> I, I can throw, throw a little net. one like a little cast net from it <laughs> but, I uh, that, but i can't throw a cast net so. yeah I, we, <laughs> we're not even allowed to throw them here in california so um i've never learned how to throw one but yes i mean these things and just so, so you understand how stable it is, you, you can literally stand on one pontoon. So you can stand completely on one side of this boat mm -hmm. and it doesn't lift at all. There, it doesn't shift. It is, it is that, that stable. So you could, you could stand on that front porch in front of your pedals and throw it from there. Yep. Or you could do it from a seated position, you know, spin sideways and throw it. it it's, it's that stable. Um, I think you would, anybody who knows how to throw one would be able to throw one. No. Yeah. You wouldn't problem. have any trouble at, at all throwing a cast net. Like I say, I could throw like a six footer um, and I could do that. No problem. And I know people could throw nine footers from that. No problem. Royce posted a link. Um, I was probably sure. to the seat. Uh, yeah. To, to that seat. seat. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, and that's the same question. He posted the same question up again there. And I'm, I'm just scrolling through these here um let's see when is the kayak fishing show film crew gonna make it over to maryland for northern snakehead um well i will tell you the same thing i tell everybody who suggests the location um send me a proposal you know send me a proposal help put the shoot together help us handle logistics we can you know potentially make it happen um i often get people say hey why don't you come here and then offer no assistance to make it happen and i'm not on location it's very difficult for us to do so if people have ideas for shoots and want to be a part of a shoot 
help us put it together and we'll we'll, uh, we'll look into it see if it makes uh, sense for our shooting schedule but uh, we're always looking for ideas yeah um and snakehead are a cool fish to catch i've only done it once um in, i've never uh, i've never caught a snakehead i know um i know guys love it and say they're ferocious so be- yeah i mean they ferocious on the top water and they fight hard just blow up i i only fished for them the one time fishing with old uh, chris funk and those and- are actually uh bowfin so they're actually a different species because you guys were in were the they? swamp right they were snakehead. no those are were you were in the swamp right the Okie yeah yeah those are bowfin so they look okay. they look identical or right <laughs> similar i know snakehead guys are like no they don't they don't look identical they have a similar <laughs> body shape uh different colors but yeah so the snakehead i think are more northern and the bowfin are more southern fish but the um yeah this the snakehead are supposed to be even more aggressive um than those and they say they're really good to eat too um but i have to ask jeff, uh, little. jeff little knows what's up here's another one when are you going to come down to let pensa to let pensacola and have a brandon barton try to get your arms pulled off oh yeah brandon's on those giant tarpon down there uh oh really yeah Brand- brandon has figured out how to catch those big tarpon in pensacola when they come through and of course i lived there for like seven years before and I, I don't even think I realized there were tarpon there the whole time I lived there. <laughs> and then I go back and visit Pensacola because I've got family that, that live. Um, my wife's family all lives in Pensacola. And Brandon kills me with the, the him and Matt, uh, Matthew Van, and when Marty Mood used to live there and all those right. guys, they just wax just monster tarpon off the beach. Um, I, and I, I tell people, man, if if we had tarpon here, in San Diego, I would I would fish for those darn things every day. <laughs> they are such an exciting fish. They don't like me, um, apparently. Every time I get get one hooked, something something happens. <laughs> well, I, you know, Florida doesn't like me. So, uh, speaking of Florida, uh, Jameson, um, we are supposed to be uh, at the Guy Harvey Resort in St. Augustine. Uh, the middle of May. Yep. Uh, we still need to iron, iron out a couple of things, but we're supposed to be there, and we'll be doing actually, if it all pulls together, we'll be doing a seminar. So yep. um, look for information about that because uh, we're going to be shooting the show there, and then we'll do like a cocktail hour platform or uh, um, seminar session, question and answer, whatever. So we'll have us and a couple of guys from the Jackson Kayak crew. Um, including Bart Swab, who's, Bart Swab, who, who's guide. a guides in that area. So um, it'll be a great resource for anybody who's in that area who wants to come talk kayak fishing and just swap stories with us. Uh, so we'll be posting up more information on that as soon as things get confirmed. But right now, that's like uh, I want to say May 18th. Yep, May 18th, Saturday night uh, is what they're looking at. And I think they're calling it the Guy Harvey uh, Kayak Fishing Academy. So okay, yeah, um, to the Guy Harvey Resort. Yep, it's a really nice resort too, brand new. I actually went uh, down and met Bart, and we went over and had dinner there. And it is—it's just a beautiful um, resort oh, on cool. the beach. Cool. Um, the people that I've been talking to have been amazing. Yeah, super, super nice. Um, and so I'm hoping it does come together. Like I said, we just have to iron out a couple of things. So I'm, I'm, yeah. my fingers are crossed. Um. Jesse making a bimini for the angler or just the escape. So it'll fit either one. 
Um, and the nice thing about it is because the way it attaches, um, it just uses the, uh, the rails that are there and the, the place in the front where it clips. Um, those attachment points are on both the escape and the angler. So it's very simple. There's no drilling involved. It just uh, goes right on the gear tracks and attaches to the existing hardware. Um, fishing from it, I would imagine if you had the bimini up while trying to make casts, it would probably be a little difficult. But if you were out, you know, setting some rods out, uh, just kind of bait fishing or whatever, um, it'd be an awesome way. Or just on your way to and from the spot. Nice right. thing is it unclips and it'll just fold down. Um, just like a bimini on a on a boat or whatever, so it's a, it's a it's going to be you know universal. So Mitch, it was Mitch that his um, blue sky is in his basement, but it looks like it's in his bedroom. <laughs> there's, a, there's a mattress leaning against the wall. <laughs> That's why I made the comment. I had to move the bed. Um, what's this? Uh, will a two sixty paddle work for the angler? I've got a yeah. Yeah, that should be plenty. I think mine is not even that long, and I use it. Now, again, I'm, I'm using it when I'm standing up. Uh, I very rarely paddle it like I would a kayak um, as far as, like, just going back and forth. I'm typically going to stand up and use it like a stand-up paddleboard paddle, but I like having that extra length when I need it. Yeah, if you're going to be standing on the cooler, definitely you want to go to that longer paddle. If not, comfort-wise, paddling with a stand-up paddle is yeah. much more comfortable in your hand. Um, so if you're going to be doing it just from the deck, just try to find the, and I, I wish I remember the lo the length, but I've got the longest Warner stand up paddle that they have and it worked great. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see if there's any more questions here. Uh, Tim says I'm three twenty and walk all over the deck. I throw awesome. up to a seven footer from it. Um, Castnet. Or Castnet. Okay. Yep. Um, that's cool, man. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it's definitely like what I've told people about the, you know, kind of your impressions of it. And, and, you know, we don't call it a kayak, although sometimes you accidentally do just because we've been in the kayak business for so long. Um, it's not a kayak. It, it, it's just a, a vessel to get you out on the water, but it's a super fun one. And maybe it's going to get some people out on the water who wouldn't have gotten on a kayak. Um, who weren't comfortable sitting in that smaller, narrower boat, sitting down so low. But for me, um, the bad back that I have, uh, it, you know, basically, I, I've said this before as well, is, you know, most of the pedal type craft, um, I haven't been able to do because of the position of your feet in relation to your back. It was very uncomfortable for me. And when I jumped on the blue sky, I could pedal it. I could pedal it all day. It, it was because it's a little bit more comfortable ergonomic position for me. Yeah. So again, those people who were thinking, man, I could never get in a kayak or, you know, this isn't a kayak. It's a different vessel and you really ought to get out and try one. If you have a shop that, you know, maybe you can do a demo for you. Um, I think we'll be doing a demo here in San Diego with um, OEX on April 14th at day at the docks. Um, and just get on one and try it because it, they're so fun. <laughs> yeah, it's like I know when we were fishing um, in Louisiana, and I think that show episode comes out next week. Is that right? That's next week. Yeah, episode? yeah, and it comes out that actually. Yeah, on the fourteenth. Yeah, so on the fourteenth, the episode of Jim and I are fishing in, at Pat uh, Point Shank Kayak Rentals, and um, love that place. But 
we were fishing in some kind of tough conditions with wind and I don't know that I would have pushed through it if we were in a, a kayak. Um, but the combination of being on that boat, having a power pole was a big thing and having motors, you had the e-drive, I had the torpedo on the back, but that combination allowed us to fish conditions that were, you know, howling, uh, howling winds and higher water and rougher water and even sit, you know, typically in a kayak, I'm looking for that protected bank that's on the lee side of any wind that's coming. And uh, sometimes that's not where the fish are. I mean, quite frankly, they, they move to the wind blown bank um, where bait and, and water's getting pushed to them. Uh, so they, they're getting fresh stuff coming by constantly. And we were able to fish that bank. And that's where we caught a lot of fish in that first episode um, from down there was on those wind blown banks. Um, you know, where we were just throwing some kind of moving, vibrating, uh, bait down, down through there. And, uh, I think both of us made the comment several times. We wouldn't have been able to do it without the motors and the power pole. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah. No, the power, the power pole. And it's so easy to mount the power pole on there as well. Yeah. Yeah. For I mean, sure. You can have two I, I, even I, if you, if you're, if you're real sparky, you can, <laughs> you can put two power poles on, um, which will keep you from spinning. Um, you know, I know when that you were actually like nosing up into the grass and dropping your power pole, but you drop two power poles and you're not going to spin at all. Um, and you can actually point in the right direction. Here's yeah, here's that, a preview. Uh, little preview of us buzzing around on them in Louisiana. There's that big torpedo you had. Again, you, you had the big torpedo. I had the mm -hmm. E-Drive. Yep. Um, and it was windy. I mean, you can't, you can never tell. Well, you can see the grass back there. It's like laying over pretty good, but yeah. Yeah, we had, um, I think we had four hours <laughs> of no wind on the trip. Uh, it was the, the last day. We had rain. We had insanely high uh, water. Mm -hmm. I mean, my wheels in that rental car were halfway covered with water in the parking lot. <laughs> I think it's been long enough now you can like you can say that, that you've <laughs> flooded the rental car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, the whole parking lot, yeah, we had to, like, park on higher ground. And we were staying on that houseboat, and it was, like, literally, you know, normally you step down to get onto the houseboat from the dock. And we were stepping off the houseboat, and at one point um, – at one point I walked around and picked up shrimp that were laying in the parking lot from right <laughs> and we cooked them. So it was, uh, it got deep for sure. But we'll drop that out of there. Um, is the kayak fishing show coming back up to Vancouver Island? Yes, we are. We're going to be up there. Um, in August. Uh, really excited about getting back up there. It's such a beautiful place up there. Um, Jesse, uh, St. Augustine, 25 minutes away from me. I hope it can come to you guys. Yeah, man, I hope you can come. If, if like I said, pay, pay attention to the, the page and we'll post up uh, if that all gets nailed down. Um, but it, it should be. Um, I'm pretty, Scott saying, I was pretty excited that the blue sky pulls so well. I, are you talking about a push pole? Yeah, Scott's down in Louisiana. So, oh, okay. He, um, and he actually uh, may be joining us in Florida on that shoot. Um, I'm trying to confirm from him right now, and he's trying to confirm up everything. Um, 
but yeah, he's, you know, that was the other thing that if you are shallow, I mean, it's very common in, in, in your shallow water, saltwater fishing inshore to push pole. Um, cause it's, it's pretty quiet. Um, and you're basically just getting in contact with the bottom. Um, and that's one thing I haven't tried. I mean, that's how I move my skiff around. Um, but I haven't tried that on the blue sky yet. And I do have uh, a shorter, like 12 foot push pole. So I should give that a go. So good to know, Scott, that it pulls well, which I mean, I imagine it would track. I mean, the big thing there is, you know, tracking and with two holes parallel to each other in the water. I mean, tracking is not typically an issue with a catamaran style boat. So, yeah. Yeah. I said, um, it, it's, well, I mean, we've got, I was almost push pulling it at times when I was uh, using my stand up paddle yeah. um, and we were in skinny water. Mm-hmm. Um, too skinny to pedal for sure. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, it worked really well when uh, when we were in Louisiana when the water did finally start to recede for us. Um. Oh, you know, speaking of, I mean, I just showed that video, um, and that was at uh, Pack Kayak Rental. Yep. Um, I, I know that's a place that's near and dear to your heart, and I would love to get back the there. <laughs> What's that? I said one of my favorite places on the planet, for sure. Yeah, um, I mean, what a what a great fishery with so many. I mean, even even in tough conditions, we caught plenty of fish, and and the fish that we were catching off the back of the boat at night, uh, <laughs> all the trout, all the the reds. I mean, uh, again, super fun fishery there. Yeah, it's really cool. And there's, I mean, Louisiana is really truly the sport, a sportsman's paradise when it comes to fishing. I mean, you and I, you've been several times, but even we went uh, and we had those great uh, tuna fishing days and then rain came in and kind of the same thing. We, we were able to kind of pull a rabbit out of the hat where if we were in another area and we were dealing with rainstorms and wind, it would have been a lot harder and tougher to get an episode of fishing but down there even when it's rough conditions you can still somehow you know find reds um you know they're there they may not be the size you're looking for or the quantity you're looking for but if you fish all day you're probably going to catch one yeah uh, just having, the, having the, you know for that it's just you know having the right vessel the uh yeah. the blue sky is perfect for it i thought uh any of the other kayaks that you can at least stand up in um, cause there were times you were looking over scrub into a little pocket and you could see the fish in there, you know, yep. I actually cast over the top of it and caught fish that way and then mm-hmm. have to pull them through the grass. Um, super, uh, super important to have that boat that you can stand up in and uh, a power pole is so valuable so valuable if you're if you're dealing with that in any kind of windy type stuff even a light breeze in a kayak once you stand up it catches your body and pushes you out of position so having that power pole makes a a huge huge difference even even Uh, when i would uh, hook a fish you know being able to just drop it and not you know get blown over the flat and spook everything else that i haven't even fished yet you know we were doing that in in belize basically you would drift along until you saw fish because the wind was so strong. So you're just standing up and getting pushed by the wind. And hopefully you saw the fish in time before you blew over them. But if you saw them, just, you know, hit the remote control on the power pole and drop it down. Yep. And then you can make your cast before you, you blew over them. Uh, Scott said, sorry, I meant paddle pole. Um, 
I, I use the paddle like a push pull all the time, super quiet. I just thought it was really amazing how quick it was when paddling, standing up. Um, I hate slow boats while standing. I hate <laughs> slow boats in general. Um, <laughs> and yeah, like you said, I mean, I've got some, some pictures of myself using the stand up paddle board paddle yep. uh, out off point Loma. And yeah, I mean, once you kind of get, got the feel for that wide boat and stand up paddling, it, it, the boat just scoots along. Um, Jameson, it's been an hour. It goes by quick. <laughs> Man, it flew by. Um, I, I, you know, thanks everybody for all the questions. I really do appreciate it. Sure. Um, you know, it just makes these shows go by so much better. Jameson, really appreciate you uh, coming on here as always. Uh, everybody who views it, you know, came and watched it. I really appreciate everybody who came and, and had those questions and, and sat through this. And, um, you know, if you do watch it on a replay later on, you know, type in there that you watched on a replay. We love to know who's watching it, you know, live versus on a recording. And, um, again, we're back to this on a weekly basis. Um, Again, two new episodes of the show airing this Sunday on the World Fishing Network and on uh, the Sportsman's Channel. And then next Friday, you know, put this on your calendar. Next Friday, we're going to be doing another live show. Same time, we will have Jim McGowan from Ray Marine on with us, and you will have a chance to win a new Ray Marine Element Fish Finder. And those you things, have one of those? Do you have an element? I don't. I've actually got a couple of axioms. That's what I'm using. The axioms, um, the axioms are networkable, where the um, the element is not networkable, and so they always send me the ones that I can network that way. If I want to rotate it up onto our boat, right? Um, you know, the units will work together. But for the small boat fisherman, the kayak fisherman who's going to have one unit, uh, a less cable smaller cable because if you've seen the cable for the transducer for the axiom i mean it's this big around and it's about 50 feet of it so um i mean that's just a lot of excess weight so they are sending me an element um to put on my blue sky uh, a nine incher nice. and um and they're going to send me a seven incher to put on my kraken um, and that will also be my portable unit when I, when I travel. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the, the element just because of, uh, the, the transducer being a little bit smaller, just all in all, just a better fit, I think for the, the kayak and small boat angler. Um, so we're going to, we're going to sign off here. Uh, I will be picking randomly uh, a couple of people to win your Orion tumblers. And again, thanks to uh, Jackson Kayak, uh, Blue Sky, Orion, all that for, for helping us out with that. And um, I will uh, post that up later on. Jameson, thank you so much, man. I hey, man. really appreciate it. I'll drop you out. Thanks for having Say me. Say goodbye, Jameson. Goodbye, Jameson. <laughs> Everybody, once again, thank you so much for joining us here at the Kayak Fishing Show Live. If you are going out on the water, please always wear your PFD and keep your paddle right side up. Take care.